the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Elijah. Please be seated. Let me add once again to John's welcome to all of our guests. We are so glad you're with us. We appreciate each and every one. Uh, you may have noticed that attendance card inside that packet. Uh, please pass that card to the end of the aisle and be picked up at this time. Also, I want to give you a warm invitation to come back tonight. You might remember the last time that I spoke on the book of Revelation, I struggled with chapter 11. Because Revelation chapter 11 is a tough one, extremely difficult. I think I finally figured it out. So join me tonight for that lesson, and uh, we'll see if I have figured it out or not. This morning, I may have some people who understand what I'm talking about. Maybe you or a family member or a friend has dealt with marriage difficulties. And it's not what you dream. You, you, you had a dream of a storybook marriage, and it's far from that. Well, I've got a message for you today. And maybe, just maybe, there's someone here today that uh, maybe you or a family member or a friend, you were in that examination room where the doctor came in and gave you the news. How do you tackle that kind of obstacle in your life? Maybe for you, it was a family issue with your children and grandchildren. And you've got a lot of disharmony. How do you overcome that obstacle? Or maybe it's your job. Maybe you've lost your job. And you don't know what to do. How do you handle that obstacle? For all of you who might fall into any of those categories, I have a message. Hey, be confident because God is on your side. I firmly believe that. How do you win the victory of life despite the obstacles that often come with life? How do you turn opposition into an opportunity to overcome the enemy in your own life? Join with me in Joshua chapter 10, verse number 1. Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem was only five miles, five miles south of Gibeon. We've already encountered the Gibeonites. Remember chapter 9? You know, the Gibeonites tricked Israel into a peace treaty. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, when he heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, that they feared greatly. The king and the people of Jerusalem, they're in fear. Because Gibeon, well, Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, because it was greater than Ai. 
a city more powerful than Ai is now in cahoots with Israel. We don't like that. So what does the king of Jerusalem say? He contacts four other kings of city-states. And he says to them, verse 4, Come up to me. Come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon. Let's punish Gibeon for what they are doing. We may attack Gibeon for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. You see, Joshua had battled Jericho and with God's help had been victorious. Joshua had battled Ai, and with God's help, he had been victorious. He'd been picking them off one by one, but now five kings band together. That's an army. That's an army to reckon with. And their mission is to stop Joshua. What's Joshua to do? I mean, we're facing pretty big obstacle there, are we not? If Joshua can somehow win the victory here, he would break the back of the enemy forces in the entire southern region of the promised land. And instead of just picking them off one by one, he's going to wipe them out altogether. However, the Gibeonites, they're in a panic. Look at verse 6. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us. Help us. We've got a treaty with you. They're all surrounding us. Help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. Gibeon says, It's time to pay up or shut up. You made a treaty with us. You have a responsibility to defend us. What does God say to Joshua? Look at verse 9 or verse 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, Don't fear them. Do not fear them, for I have delivered, not will deliver, not maybe deliver. I have Delivered them into your hand. It's a done deal, Joshua. Don't sweat the small stuff. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Not a man of them will be able to stand before you. Don't worry one bit. God promises to give Joshua a great victory. Verse 9. Joshua therefore came upon them. Suddenly, how is that possible? He marched during the night. Having marched all night from Gilgal. Now, guess what folks? That's a 25 mile march uphill. Up steep and very difficult terrain. But Joshua does it. Verse 10. So the Lord... Notice, this is a Joshua. This is God doing. This is God. So the Lord routed them before Israel, 
killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon. Chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon. God is doing it. It's not Joshua. Make, make sure you understand that. It's not Joshua. It's God doing this. Verse 11, and it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent. They're going downhill, down the mountains, on the descent of Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven. What's going on here? Well, plain and simple, it's the Lord. The Lord was fighting for Israel. But Joshua, did you notice Joshua had to do his part? Joshua had to move forward with confidence in God's Word. You see, even though God was going to do all the fighting for Israel, there would be no victory if Joshua didn't advance against the army, against the enemy. Joshua had to take the initiative so when God promised him victory, Joshua didn't hesitate to proceed with confidence. He marched his army 25 miles through treacherous mountain passes and attacked right away. It threw the enemy into a panic, especially when God threw down large hailstones upon them. Do you want to win the victory? Do you want to win the victory over whatever is facing you? Do you want to win the victory over whatever obstacles the enemy has put in your life? Then, my friends, do the same thing that Joshua did. Don't shrink back from the challenge ahead. Instead, proceed with confidence in God's Word. Be confident in God's Word. Do it. Proceed. Don't hesitate. James 4. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you believe it? You should. I know very little about hockey. In fact, you could put everything I know about the game of hockey into one very, very brief paragraph. I was surprised a couple of weeks ago to find out about the concept of the emergency goalie. I didn't know they did this. The home team in the NHL has to designate an emergency goalie. And uh, if for some reason all the other goalies get injured during the game, that emergency goalie is called to play. Actually, that never happens. Well, let me change that. It rarely ever happens. But it did happen March of 2018. It was in Chicago. The Blackhawks were playing. And for whatever reason, every one of their goalies got injured. The call came to Scott Foster. Now, Scott Foster was a big fan of the Blackhawks. He, he had season passes. He attended every game. They had designated Scott Foster as their emergency goalie. 
They paid him an honor. You know, he's a, he's a season pass holder. We pay him an honor. The call came to Scott. Guess what? After the break, you're going in. Come down and get dressed. Scott was a 36-year-old accountant, had not played hockey since college, 15 years prior. He goes down to the locker room. He, he's getting his, uh, the uniform on. They're getting him rest. And what's going through his mind? He could not believe it, that he was going to be playing in a professional game. How did he do? Well, actually quite well. There were seven shots on goal. He blocked all seven shots. After the game was over, the reporters were just flocking around him, had to know all about the game and all about how he felt. I tell that story for one reason. Here's the reason. You never know when God is going to call you to fight the enemy. But when God does, don't sit waiting for something to happen. No. You get into the game. Put on your gear. Get into the arena and watch God fight for you no matter what obstacles you face. The advantage of the disadvantage. A few years ago, there was a study done of the 100 most successful individuals of the past 100 years. Here is what they found. Almost every one of those 100 individuals came from the disadvantage. There was something in their lives some handicap, some difficulty, some problem that they faced. Like a half of them had major learning disorders. Here's what they found out by looking at those 100 very successful people. They were successful because they had to overcome. They were successful because they had to overcome. Here's what I'm saying to you today. So many Christians feel like their, their particular struggle puts them at a disadvantage. However, the opposite is actually true when you depend on the Lord. God can use that very struggle that you are fighting through to His enormous advantage for you. So if you want to win the victory over the enemy in your life, don't shrink back in fear from the challenge ahead. Instead, proceed with confidence in God's Word. And after you proceed, pray. Pray with confidence in God's will. Boldly ask God to do whatever is necessary to accomplish what He wants, what God wants you to do in your fight against the enemy. It's God's will. Align your will with God's will. Dare to request even the impossible from God. If that's what you need to overcome the evil in your own life. That's what Joshua did, that passage that Billy read. Joshua said, God, stop the sun. I, I need more time. Well, that's impossible, Joshua. It's not impossible for God. For the God who created this whole world, that's, 
That's easy. And guess what, folks? God had told Joshua in verse 8 that not a man of them should stand before you. But Joshua, he needed more time to make that happen. If not came, the enemy would escape under cover of darkness. The victory would not be complete. And Joshua would not be able to accomplish God's revealed will. So Joshua dares to ask God that time stand still. That the earth would stop its rotation. That he might accomplish what God told him to do. God asks, or Joshua asks God for the impossible and God does it for him. Verse 13. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? The book of Jasher. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. What's the book of Jasher? The book of Jasher is not an inspired book. It's a, a collection of Hebrew poems honoring Israel's leaders. It's a matter of history. God delayed the sunset. Wow. Verse 14. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. The Lord fought for Israel. This is God doing. This is God's power. This is God answering the call of prayer. God did what Joshua asked Him to do and fought for Israel. Joshua dared to request the impossible from God. And God did it. How many times do you and I fail to ask the impossible? How many times do we fail to ask the impossible? Maybe we think, well, God can't do that. This is over God's ability. It can't happen. And we just write it off as a lost cause. How many times do we cheat ourselves? from a blessing, from God. 1 John chapter 5. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. God hears us. And God is still powerful even today. He's not lost one ounce of strength or one ounce of ability. When you ask for God's will to be done in your life, you can be sure that God will do it. And what is God's will? What exactly is God's will? Well, here the Bible is very clear. Let's look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. What is God's will? That you be sanctified. That you be set apart. In other words, God wants you to be a Christian, Christ-like, and have complete victory over sin in your life. So ask Him. 
Ask Him to give it to you. Even if it seems impossible, ask Him for whatever it takes to set you apart from sin. Then watch as God fights for you against the forces of evil in your own life. That is the seemingly unbelievable power of prayer. Don't be afraid to ask God for the impossible in your life if that's what it takes to accomplish God's will for your life. This morning, I'm asking you to proceed with confidence in God's Word, to pray with confidence in God's will, and then finally, to prevail with confidence in God's might. Prevail with confidence in God's might. That's exactly what Joshua did. The rest of chapter 10, the rest of this chapter goes on to tell how Joshua overcame one enemy after another until he had conquered the entire southern region of the promised land. Verse 42 somewhat summarizes the chapter. All these kings and their land Joshua took at one time. How? Why? Because... Because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. It's God. It's God's doing. God made it possible. Paul said it like this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. That's where our strength is. It's in God. Furthermore, Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. God is the winner each and every time. Do you like movies? Many years ago, there was a movie out, the story of a football coach. Dottie, you might have seen it. It's about the football coach who really believed in his players. The season had not gone well. Uh, they had lost every game so far. In fact, the parents at this small Christian school were even talking about replacing the coach. They were getting ready to play their toughest opponent. And the coach still believed in his team. So one practice, he calls out the name of the captain of the team. Hey, come over here. Do you think we can win Friday night? The captain kind of looked down the ground and said, Coach, we haven't won so far, and that team we're playing Friday night is even tougher. No, we're not going to win. Coach said, I think we can. Because I believe in you as players. I wanted to demonstrate he instructed the captain to do what's called the death crawl. That's getting down on your hands and knees and crawling on the ground using just your hands and your feet. The rest of your body cannot touch the ground. The captain said, well, how far do I have to crawl? Do I have to crawl maybe like a 20-yard line, go 20 yards? Uh, no, I think you can go further. In fact, I'm going to put a blindfold on you because I don't want you to be looking and quit. I think you can go further than the 20-yard line. In fact, I'm going to put one of the smaller players on your back. Whoa here. 
I've got to carry a player on my back. Yeah, you got, you got to carry a player on your back. But I still believe you can do it. Coach, I don't think I can do it, but I'll try. So he got down on his hands and knees, and the smaller player got on his back, and he started crawling. Pretty soon he's saying, Coach, I, I can't go any further. This, this is starting to hurt. The coach said, I, I think you can go further. Just go a few more yards. I think you can do it. Pretty soon the team is, is chanting and cheering and encouraging him. And he keeps on going a little further. And he says, Coach, I can't go. I can't do it. And he said, I believe in you. I think you can do it. Finally, after going as long as he could, he finally just collapses on the ground. He says, Coach, this is all I can do. I can't go, I can't go another inch. He said, that's okay. Take your blindfold off. He had crawled from one end zone to all the way to the other end zone. A hundred yards. I tell that story for a purpose. God believes in you. My dear friends, as believers in Christ, you have it in you too. Because God's Spirit lives in you. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things, not some, not a few. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Do you believe it? 1 John 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Does the world present problems? Oh yeah. Marriage problems, family problems, health problems, financial problems. You name it, the world has it. But God is greater than any problem. I firmly believe that. As I said at the very beginning, hey, be confident because God is on your side. Proceed with confidence in God's word. Pray with confidence in God's will and prevail with confidence in God's might, no matter how great the enemy. With God's help, you cannot lose. Amen. You know what happens every time I get up here? You see this slide. It might have a different graphic, but it's always the same words. These are the words of Jesus himself speaking to you in these verses. Telling you what it takes to become a Christian, to believe, repent, confess, and to be baptized. Not my words, it's Jesus himself speaking to you. Most of us here in this auditorium have done exactly that. Praise be to God. But as Christian, as a Christian, sometimes we don't live up to the standard. Sometimes we don't live 24-7 for the Lord. Do you need to seek His forgiveness? The church stands ready to pray with you and for you. How about it this morning? If you have any need to respond, will you please do so as we stand and sing for your encouragement? Tenderly calling me home, calling